It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast, part of Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to drop us a rating and review after the episode. Check us out on social media and on our website at atpsports.net. Welcome, guys, to the brand new episode of Across the Pond. I am joined by the fabulous, fabulous, fabulous Debs and your boy Daniel's here. Obviously, this is a brand new show. We're going to talk about sports. We're going to get into everything from, a, from the NFL to NBA to MLB, everything, all sports US we are going to get into. So it's going to be a fantastic show. Hope you guys enjoy. Remember to like and subscribe as well. But enough of me talking. Obviously, you want to hear from the 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 one and only, you know, the the two-time Emmy Award winner. Obviously, I'm going to big up my co-host as much as I can. Daniel, thank you for that. Um, I hope you as well. Yeah, guys, I'm super excited to be here. We have the relaunch of the Across the Pond Sports Podcast. Super excited to be, you know, on this show. Dan, beyond excited to have you with me. I'm here in the U.S., you're over in the UK. And I mean, let's just talk everything sports. <laughs> yeah. So guys, just give you a feel of what the, what, of what to expect in our episodes. We're going to have obviously special segments and special mm-hmm. guests from across the sports world. But we're also as well, just going to talk to you about sports in general. You're going to have two people debate up, go across it, fierce battle like gladiators in the arena. <laughs> uh, ancient Roman because times. I heard that the UK likes sports and no sports better than the US. <laughs> All I know is we UK people are smart, okay? Educated Oxford, okay? Oxford educated right here. We're going to bring a little of that to the show. Trust me on that, okay? But anyway, we're also going to bring a bit of flair as well. you got people from the US and you, know, you do what you guys got to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is how we're going to do. We're going to talk about, you know, the main sports stories of the week um, across, the, across different sports. So it's not just going to be an NFL or NBA show. We're going to make sure we give love to all the sports from across mm-hmm. the world as well. Um, like I said, bring a special guest, have different segments as well. But definitely, guys, remember to like, subscribe, and follow us. Absolutely. It's going to be a, a hour packed full once a week of sports, sports content, sports gossip. We're going to have it all right here. So should we get started or, or let's first, Let- or let's get started. But first I want to say we, we should probably introduce who our guest is today um, and then get into some sports stuff. Yeah. 
I'll let you take the lead on that All one. right. Uh, Freddie Sandoval will be joining us today. He is a former M MLB player, uh, played for the Angels for a few years, and as well as um, he was a mental strength coach as well. Okay. Um, so we'll hear from him uh, about the about the MLB lockout. So I'm super excited to you know, talk with him about his career as well as uh, how mentally this lockout is going to affect the league as well as fans. So we're going to get that. But first of all, we got to start with the NFL because, you know, that's yeah. my baby. That's my That's sport. my baby too, and you know that. <laughs> we, got, we, know, we got to start with the NFL. And, and we got yep. to, obviously, we've had the weekend games, a lot of a lot yep. of fun, a lot of action. But, yep. you know, the it's first thing okay. we have to talk about is Cam. Yeah, obviously, I mean, look, he second time he's been benched. He's 11-0, uh, being a starter at Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to let you take the floor firstly. I'll let you, your take. Do you think Cam is done in the league? Oh, it's such a, that is such a tough, tough question, Dan. Um, I personally love Cam, uh, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, great running quarterback, former 2015 Super Bowl quarterback, didn't win. But I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's his 11th year in the league. Dude is huge. I've met him. We were, we were in line together at a Super Bowl party la two years ago and uh, nicest guy ever. Uh, we had a great conversation. We were both kind of leaning back, trying to get into the party. Um, but, you know, I was, I was so excited to see him back in Carolina. Um, he's a god in Carolina. Um, and, you know, after, after they kind of let him go, you know, before last season, I thought that it was kind of shitty the way it all went down between, you know, Tepper and Matt Rule going, letting him go. Um, I was super excited when he hooked up with Belichick. I thought they were going to go at it. Uh, you know, they were going to take – the season was going to be great. They were going to go far. Um, and obviously that didn't happen. So, you know, when, when Mac Jones was QB one this season, um, I was like, Oh God, Cam's out. Like hopefully he finds a home. Glad it's Carolina. Um, but yeah, I mean, now he's been benched twice, uh, for PJ Walker, um, which I kind of feel like is, is rules baby a little bit. Um, but he was only out this last, this last game for, you know, it was like a couple minutes. It wasn't anything huge. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not looking great for him. I mean, he only, he completed what, I mean, Dolphins game, he completed eight, six of, six of 11 for 88 yards this week against the Falcons, 15 of 23 with 180, or I'm sorry, 178 yards uh, with two turnovers um, and Walker threw 75 yards and a score. So, I mean, this is the fifth time that Cam has been benched in his last 14 starts. So um, I hate to say it, uh, I think he might be done. I think he's, I think after the season, he's done. Okay, so let me give you my take. Cam is not done in the league. Let okay. me repeat that again for everyone who's listening to this. <laughs> Cam is not done in the league, but he's done as a quarterback in this league. So let me just reference that. Oh, he wow. Is done as okay, you're going there. In this league. Cam should, you know what it is, Cam, when he did the little running play at the beginning, of, uh, started off the game of the Falcons, it just reminded me, look, this dude is not a quarterback anymore. I think he is, don't get me wrong, he won the NFL, you know, MVP as a QB. He got to the Super Bowl, but let's stop living in the past. You know, sports is all about what have you done for me lately? That sort of thing. Absolutely. Let's update the resume. And for me, Cam is great. Cam's a great personality from what I've heard. I've never met the dude you have. Apparently, he's a great personality and whatnot. That's great. But for me, Cam's a running back now. He should convert his career to running back. We've seen wow. players 
We've seen players convert to different positions as they get older. You know, you've got cornerbacks that convert to safety because they can't keep up with that pace. You've seen that situation, maybe running backs convert to, to tailback so they could just do the blocking instead. For me, Cam is done in this league as a QB. He's not done as a football player. And I think he should just focus on just being a running back. Right. I mean, and Tim <coughs> earlier, I mean, tried to 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 transfer into being a, a TE. I mean, obviously it didn't work I mean, out. Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow was never part of the league in the first place. He's just, he's just QB, tight end, running back, tailback, mascot, cheerleader, whatever it is. He should never even been, he should never even be included. I love Tim, but yeah, yeah he should not have been in, in the league. <laughs> But no, I, I feel like that's, that's interesting. I honestly did not even think about that. I'm glad that you brought that up. I mean, I would love to see Cam as a running back. I mean, dude is huge. And I mean, he can run. Um, I, I think his shoulder is finished. Um, I think that was done. You know, actually, it was against the Eagles game because I was there. Um, I saw him kind of, you know, I saw the play that hurt his shoulder. Um, and he's never been the same since. So, yeah, I mean, like, uh, catching might be his thing. I mean, and also, too, I wanted to bring up in, in Cam's defense with this last game with the Falcons, uh, he also had to deal with a new offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, Joe, Joe Brady was fired and Jeff Nixon was brought in. So it's hard to just to click with your, your you know, offensive coordinator that fast. Um, I get that. I completely get that. But when you look at Cam, look at Cam and the numbers. Cam is very good scripted. In the first nine plays, whenever you see the beginning of the game, he gets touch, he gets touchdowns. When he first came off the bench, yep. got two touchdowns. Again, Miami got touchdowns. Again, Falcons he got touchdowns. He's I think he's he's passing rating is like seventy one percent with the first nine plays of the Carolina. After that, every other play after that, it goes down. He gets interceptions, it goes down. Touchdowns, it goes yep. down. So you can't you start to see that Cam works well scripted. Off script, he doesn't. And again, I think injuries does play a part. The shoulder, obviously, that game against when he got to the Super Bowl, the Broncos just annihilated Cam. Some of the hits he took were vicious. I was like, Cam, you got to save your body. Yeah, he was he's not be, good at that. He, yeah, there's always next <laughs> year, that. like, Cam, relax. I don't need you to always be Superman on every play. Right. Learn hey, to just be... style. Yeah, yeah learn, learn to be Clark Clint sometimes, you know. Just be be the guy with the glasses and just, you know, take take the just the side route, take the easy route, but he didn't. But now I'm I just, not I just, sure he can. <laughs> he, he just he needs to. You need to. Even Superman needs these off days. You know what I mean. So I think for me, it becomes a situation where I don't think Cam's done in the league, but he's definitely done as a starter. I think he's done as a QB because you can't have Cam as a backup QB. It's just it doesn't work. You can't. There's no big, way. Yeah, he's just too big of a star. So for yep. me, move to move him to either move him to a blocking tight end, which I don't think he'll be good because you need to have the technique, or as I said, move him to a running back because Cam can still get a few yards. You know, look at Adrian Peterson doing what he's doing in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I think if you put Cam, goal line stance, running back, H-back position, you know, you know, toss it to Cam, let him run through. He, he can still run. He's still got the body for it. Yeah. So I just, and he's still young enough, relatively speaking. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to watch, he had that, you know, he had the operation on his foot, what, last year, but two years ago. It's all blending together. <laughs> Cam Newton at this point with the injuries. But no, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, and I think that would be a great move. Um, yeah, man, you should. This is what we'll I'm saying. See. Put G, G, GM Dan for the ratings, okay? Because I feel like I'll make an excellent <laughs> general manager. Mark I'm just putting it up right there. now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do have... Dan says running back Cam Newton. <laughs> I do have the GM's number for Tampa Bay. So let me just give him a call. Let me become his little protege. And I guarantee you, you're going to see me build the new, a new extension team in London. Don't worry about that one, you know? <laughs> Well, moving on, let's move on to another quarterback. 
this one being the GOAT, Tom Brady, uh, you know, reigning Super Bowl champion right now. Um, do you think he's got what it takes to be MVP yet again? Well, I believe he leads the league in touchdowns at 36. I think the second yes. person after him is Stafford with 33 touchdowns. Brady's got 12 picks. Stafford's got 10 picks. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a tricky one because I love Tom Brady. I really, my pick before the season, and I said it, I'm on record. I thought Derrick Henry would get it with 17 games. I thought he could do back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. So I was rooting for him. He got a broken foot. Yep. Ruined my fantasy as well, which is just that's, uh, no, that's on the side. Yeah, no, I, I love Derek Henry as well. I yeah, yeah, he ruined. He, 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 if I had him on fantasy, I would have, uh, you know, walked away with the yeah. league. But anyways, anyways, <sighs> I digress. I think you know what is there's no big standout star, um, for the MVP, and I hate it. It's I hate the fact that it's becoming a, it's becoming almost a quarterback awards and I really don't like that it should be most valuable player and when you look at it with most valuable player yes Tom Brady is there in terms of the value for the Tampa Bay you see what it is before Winston came in when they had Winston and then when Brady came to get to the Super Bowl win the Super Bowl but I think someone I'm going to show some love you know and I think you got to show some love to Jonathan Taylor he leads the league in terms of rushing TDs um, you know, it's followed closely by uh, James Conner because James Conner is looking like a beast at the moment right now. Um, mm -hmm. But I think I'll, I'm going to put Jonathan Taylor because you take Jonathan Taylor out of that team, you look at, I don't think the Colts are going to be what they call, what they are. And like, I think when you look at it, it's the most valuable player. I take James Conner out. I still have Edmonds as a running back. I still have serviceable running backs. You've still got Kyler Murray, wide receivers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing with Derrick Henry. You've now seen, you took Derrick, Derrick Henry out of, the, of Tennessee and look at what Tennessee are. You know, they're struggling. Yeah. So I think for me, I'm going to put Jonathan Taylor just because if I take him out of the Colts team, will they will they be where they are? No. If I, put another, if I put another QB in Tampa Bay, maybe not James Winston, but if I put another serviceable QB, you know, mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater, would mm -hmm. they still be where they are? Relatively speaking, I do think so. And so there for me... So really? With Teddy Bridgewater? If you put... I mean, look, Teddy Bridgewater did a decent job when, when the Saints had weapons. Think about when he yeah, replaced, you know, Drew Brees. He was 5-0. and you know, you had Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara in the backfield. He had weapons. And so for me, you'll think about Leonard Fournette, who's just Fournette into the touchdown. You know what I mean? You've got Gronkowski. Yeah. You know, you've got Mike Evans. You've got Chris Godwin. Godwin. They have weapons. Yeah, they have weapons. So for me, you put a Teddy Bridgewater so he doesn't like to turn the ball over. I, 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 think, I think they'll do well. Whereas, you know, you give me... Take out Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. I don't think another QB, another running back will do just as good or keep them up. So for me... Let's put the let's share the love. Let's share the awards. I'm gonna put Jonathan Taylor. Okay. How about Aaron Rodgers? What are your what are your thoughts on that? Aaron Rodgers lost me once he once he talked about his toe. When he once he introduced his feet on live TV and showed me feet, I'm out. Which he lost as, me. the he more lost that me, he, the more that he's talking about it, the better the Green Bay Packers are getting. <laughs> Have you noticed that? They've been unstoppable the last three weeks. Their defense is on talk. It's not talked about. Their You're defense right. is solid. They've lost their best corner. They still don't have their greatest lineman right now, but it's a shift. But, you know, you've got Devontae Adams. Oh, you got Aaron Jones. I think they've got weapons as well. Oh, they've, no, I don't think they have weapons. Yeah, they so, you know, Aaron Rodgers can like to talk what he want, but uh, it'll be interesting to see because right now that defense is better than last year for sure. I think Rogers a should be solid offense and a solid. Yeah, defense. I think Rogers needs to he needs to get to the Super Bowl now. If he doesn't, he has no excuses. Right. Well, and I think he's probably done after this season as well. I don't know. What in Green Bay? Yeah. You think so? 
I mean, I don't know, though. <laughs> you think so? I don't think so. I think Rogers is, I think he's staying. I, I can't lie. I think he's staying. Okay. He still has one more, he still has one more year in terms of that cap hit for Green Bay. So it won't make sense for Green Bay to let him go because he's, he will still be a big cap hit for next year. It was just such drama this season. And then with the whole vaccination thing, it just, yeah. I'm a little over him. <laughs> I, like, I think we're both over him. The fact that someone showed me their feet on national TV, I'm like, I'm, okay, goodbye. I'm done. I'm, yes. done. Um, I'm done. I'm walking out the door. Answer, what about you? Do you? Right. To answer the question, you know what? I think Tom Brady just honestly can't be beat. Um, I mean, this especially this last game with with the Bills. Even I mean, he broke NFL completion record through his 700th career touchdown pass and you top it all off through that pass you know during the winning touchdown of the game in overtime <laughs> so like and that's just Tom Brady style uh you know I, I even watched him do it try to try to do it when the Super Bowl for the Eagles um it was a total nail biter there too and I mean obviously the ball was dropped but I first I thought he was caught so um so yeah but like I I think you know uh, I I agree with you with Jonathan Taylor as well I think he's amazing um but I think you know I think Brady's got it I mean like you so said, if you were to rank if you were to rank it obviously what would be your top three right now I mean I think Brady then I think Taylor, and then you've got either Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray, I think. You're not going to put Matt Stafford there? Hmm? Mm. Matt. Yeah, I mean, he's on my list. I have him right here. <laughs> I literally have Kyler, I've got Rodgers, I've got Mahomes, and I've got Stafford. So whoa, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. You need to take Mahomes off. You need to take Mahomes <laughs> off. I love Mahomes. I love Mahomes, boy, yeah? I love him, too. Yeah, I know Shannon Sharp calls him home boy. I love him. I think he's. I think you know he's. He's got the potential to. He's one of the few people that I feel like has the potential to overtake Tom Brady, in terms of that record. But let's not lie, Kansas City have not been great. Absolutely. I mean, and they they just started to heat up again uh, in the last couple of weeks, and there was. And but look at their last five games. They're not playing great teams. And let's not put the Raiders. We can't put the Raiders just because they've got a six and five record. The, the, I mean, the, the rate. No, like I just feel like I like Mahomes, but I think right now Mahomes is the byproduct of. And this is going to sound very controversial, but I don't care. Mahomes is like the LeBron and Messi's of their individual sports, where it's just a lot of media hype. But you actually look at this and you look at what they're doing. It's like, actually, there are better players at the moment right now. You know, everyone keeps talking about LeBron being the best player in the league. Right. It's LeBron. But, yeah, but it's not, though, anymore. But, it's not, though. Yeah. But it's not. And I have to say, but everyone okay. talks about it just because he's got that stuff. So everyone leaks are like, Mahomes has got beyond there. It's like, actually, look at Mahomes' numbers. It's mm -hmm. not up there. It's not up there. Hmm. I mean, so, you, you have a point, <laughs> but no, I mean, Casey is just starting. I mean, I feel like, I feel like they're going to be one to beat too. I don't know. There's, I mean, what is there four, four more weeks left before playoffs? So, I mean, I think it's going to be, there's going to be nail biters all across the board, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think Brady, I think Brady has it. We'll see though. We will see. We'll see. I'll, I, be, I, I I'll think... honestly be happy if he doesn't get it. Cause I think honestly, he's a soil, uh, he's a sore loser and I don't exactly like him but we're talking about oh i don't <laughs> you know like tv 12 mr gush gosh golly golly willy willy was whiz I, I you don't like i think he's a sore loser i think i yeah I, I think he cries when he loses and i it is what it is but he's 
I mean, he's a great quarterback and no one can take that away from him. I'm also an Eagles fan. So I, I hated the Patriots, you know, I'm in that whole thing. So <laughs> that's also why, uh, you I know. Mean, like, you really, you really, but the thing is, you can, you can say that you're one of two teams to have beaten Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. I don't know what it is about the NFC least. I don't know what you guys. I don't <laughs> know what talk you about that in a bit. I don't know what you guys drink. I don't know what you guys what what you. I don't know what it is with the, the Giants and 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 New York or New York Giants and and Dallas and Philly. But whatever you guys drink in, in on the East Side, obviously seems to work because you guys beat Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, true, true that. Yeah, true. whatever it is, I, I yeah, whatever. But we are going to move on to the NLB because obviously we've got our special guest coming in. All right, guys, we have Freddie Sandoval here, former MLB player, played for the Angels, um, which I used to go and, and watch him play, actually. <laughs> so living in, living in L.A. So, Freddie, my first question to you um, is, what attracted you to baseball in the first place? Whew, uh, great question. Uh, not very many people ask that question. Uh, for me, it was the challenges. You know, I think uh, baseball is one of the hardest sports there is and uh you know just the ups and downs uh the having a great day one day and a terrible day the next day and having to do it all over again um you know i, I just fell in love with the game from an early age uh, and from that age did you ever did you ever think that you would be playing in the pros day one dev day one you know i, I <laughs> it, it was a lifelong dream you know uh I've always been a, a committed person. And once I, I started playing the game, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, you know, the rest of my life, uh, throughout my early years, I was invited to play different sports. And I was like, no, like it's baseball. I'm out 100% in. And, um, you know, so yes, from an early age, very early age, I knew I wanted to become a professional baseball player. All right, Freddie, I'm going to get into that then. So what, what, at what moment did you actually realize that you were going to go pro? Like wait, wait, what, what was that moment for you, that eureka moment? Well, being a, I'm a dual citizenship uh, type of person. You know, I, I'm American citizen and Mexican citizen. So around 14, I think that's when it really started coming alive. Uh, by international rules, you can sign at 16 uh, when okay. you are uh, from another country. So around 14, that's when I started getting calls. I started to be uh, looked at by scouts a ton, pretty much every tournament that I went to. And it started kind of looking real, like it was going to happen. Uh, so 14, and then, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to sign at 16, but I always chose to stay at school. And, uh, you know, uh, it was a dream of mine as well to, to also get a degree. So I chose that route and eventually uh, I got my degree. Cool. Right. So talk to me about that day on September 8th, 2008, when you walked out on the field in the Angels uniform to play the New York Yankees in your well, MLB debut. Do you want me to talk about that day or the previous day where I didn't get any sleep at all? You know, <laughs> our season ended on triple uh, triple A. Uh, it ended uh, September 6th. And, you know, uh, we didn't make it to the playoffs. And, I mean, we, we lost the first round of the playoffs, so it was time to go home. Got called into the office, and, you know, the news were broken. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to the big leagues. Uh, September 7th was actually a day off. So I didn't get, like, two nights of, like, no sleep at all. You know, it's like, here it is right in front of me. And like you said, Dev, you know, uh, 
it could have been any other team, but it happened to be the Yankees, you know? <laughs> right, and, I mean... Uh, no sleep at all. I get to the clubhouse around 11 o'clock in the morning and everyone's looking at me like the clubbies, you know, I was like, what are you doing here? I was like, Man, I couldn't sleep. Like, I'm here, <laughs> you know? I want to check everything out. Where's my locker? And, and I just, you know, uh, I was there, you know, uh, names. Uh, I mean, I remember right next to Garrett Anderson and Sean Figgins and uh, three lockers away from Vlad Guerrero. And it was just like, wow, I am here now. And I mean, no way to explain it other than, than to say that it was a, a, a dream come true. So obviously Debs mentioned your MLB debut. And obviously you mentioned you're facing the Yankees. you got the Cheetah. you got A-Rod on the other side of it. you got Regas. you got Cano. All... All Hall of Fame players. I actually want to know who's your favorite player to go up against. Derek Jeter. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with that one, right? Okay. okay. Uh, to me, you know, the captain. You know, growing up, it was a player that I looked up to. I think. I mean, everyone does. You know, one way or another, everyone looked up to him. The way he went about everything in his life. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but there was a bench clearing uh, altercation on my major league debut. No. So, I come out running and I'm just like, hey, what's up going on? You know, getting close to all these like superstars and just having, you know, Derek Jeter and all these other stars. Like, I mean, I was already with the superstars with the Angels, but mm -hmm. to be up close and, 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 you know, have conversations with these other guys and, and have it be so normal, you know, uh, mm -hmm. because you're there, you're a part of that group now. That to me was an uh, unforgettable experience. That is just crazy. You need to tell me about the uh, the altercation, though. <laughs> you can't be leaving it, leave me hanging there. <laughs> what was well, that? something happened. Uh, there was a base hit to left field. Uh, Tory Hunter was running at second. Uh, as, as we say, you know, he was sent to the Wolves. You know, uh, I mean, he was going to be out at home uh, by a lot. He was like halfway through uh, when Al, uh, Ivan Rodriguez uh, caught the ball, and they just kind of stood up. You know, so. Uh, if I remember correctly, like Tori was just kind of like giving up, you know, he just went mm -hmm. up and like, I'm right here, tag me and Pudge like pushed them like pretty hard and kind of bounced back and the kind of everything got started right there. And uh, next thing you know, it's like, we're all out of the field and my major league debut, I got fined a thousand dollars and <laughs> wow. You got fined that's, on your debut. That's for being out. Like, literally, just for coming out, like, you get fined. And it's kind of a double-edged sword type of thing. Because if you don't get out, you get fined by the team anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah. That's, that's a great debut to get fined on your... I mean, it's not great, great, yeah, but, you know, it's a great story. Oh. And, yeah, now you have a great story to talk about. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Love a good fight. I love when the guys fight, I have to say. It's one of my favorites. And you know what's awesome, uh... Yes, it was an altercation. Things get heated up. But what I love about baseball and, and other sports is it's over. You know, the game was over and Alex Rodriguez, I mean, uh, Putz Rodriguez and Alex and all these guys, uh, along with Tori Hunter, they're talking like underneath the tunnel. Like, you know, it's over. Like what happened in the game? It's just the heat of the moment. And now we're adults and let's go play the game. And to me that, you know, those are great things. Like it, you leave it behind and move on. Well, and, and let's talk about the game a little bit um, as far as you played third base throughout your career. Why the connection to third base? Well, it, it happened by mistake. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a mistake. More of a, like, here goes Freddie trying everything. 
Uh, it started up in college. Uh, I was a shortstop my entire career, and I was going to redshirt my freshman year. And the third baseman got hurt. He was out for the year with Tommy John. And here comes Freddie going to coach. He's like, I can play third base, you know? And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, of course. I had never played third base in my entire life before. And uh, freshman year playing third base, uh, I kind of liked it. Again, the challenges, the ups and downs. (laughs) A lot of people don't know this, but I was pretty close to breaking the NCAA record for errors my freshman years. you know, I, I think okay. I made a ridiculous amount. Like I'm talking like 48 errors in like 55 games. And, you know, just the challenge of, you know what? I like this position. I, I got to get good at it and just uh, committing to it to getting better. The following year, I made like 20 errors, which to me was, I mean, still a lot of errors, but it's like huge uh, improvement. And then after that, uh, you know, things started to get better and eventually, I just fell in love with the adrenaline of like being up so close against all these power hitters. I mean, on that, then take us through sort of your first major league at bat. Um, Cause obviously I know you could talk, you could take me through sort of pitch for pitch of, of that bat really. A moment I'll never forget, obviously, you know, uh, here comes uh, first, first night uh, we're, we're losing by a few. And, you know, Mike Socha was known for getting rookies in as quickly as possible. You know, first day, get the, the butterflies out, uh, you know, you you play. So eighth inning comes up and, and it's like, all right, Freddie, you're up to hit, you know, and you're pinch hitting for Vlad. <laughs> so the lineup card on the screen, they look pretty awesome. You know, all these superstars and Freddie hitting fourth. <laughs> but I was pinch hitting the eighth inning and uh, uh, Sidney Ponson was pitching. He threw me a, a fastball for a ball first pitch and, and then a slider that kind of left over the plate and honestly when I hit that ball I thought it was it was a home run you know I hit it uh everyone says that it would knock down by the wind it's kind of hard to hit in Anaheim at night there's a lot of winds that go across so uh Bobby Abreu caught the fly ball like pretty much against the fence uh no nerves no no nothing just just another at bat I think I, uh, you know, from a mental perspective as to what I do now, I had lived that moment in my mind so many times that by the time it actually happened, it was normal. What I can tell you then is that right afterwards, as I tried to drink uh, some water, I couldn't hold, I couldn't hold the, cu- the cup still. Like my hand was like, like, I'm not kidding. Like I couldn't even find the little button on the, on the Powerade uh, jug and my story stories comes up to me, takes the, the cup away from me. He's like, here, I got you. I got you. You know, I was shaking like incredibly, you know, I think, uh, like I said, you know, I had lived that moment so many times in my mind that uh, the actual battle was no problem. What I had never prepared for before was the afterward, the aftermath. And that's when I, I got really nervous. <laughs> well, and, and jumping to talking about your, what you do now, when you retired from the Angels, you became the mental skills coach for the Royals. Um, yes. Tell me about that. Explain what that position entails and how what made you qualified to do that. Well, back in uh, it all started when uh, when I was in the minor leagues. You know, uh, I always had this desire, like I said, to get a degree. And uh, after four years of of play, playing minor league baseball, I was like, all right, it's time to go back to school and finish my degree. So I finished my degree in psychology. And, uh, you know, just through all the ups and downs and and moving and uh, failure, you know, all the failure, I I was always like driven, you know, to help other people. And and obviously I went through my own struggles 
So just with the psychology background and the need for mental health, uh, you know, the stuff that I went through with my injuries and the ups and downs and, and being away from home and being from a different country and you name it, no, there's so many ups and downs and, and challenging uh, mental problems that we go through that, you know, I said, uh, this is what I want to do. An opportunity came with the Royals to, uh, to kind of start a mental training program for them. And uh, from the day that I started, I just fell in love with the topic. And, you know, I have now been doing it for almost 11 years now. And I absolutely love what I do, just helping people, leading people to change their mentality. Excellent. That's actually really great because I know you've actually, you're the author now of sort of Mentally Strong, Seven Ways, uh, Seven Steps to Becoming the Best Version of Yourself. What, what obviously you've talked about sort of mental health, but it's a really, you know, poignant topic right now across sports, across society, really. But what really sort of motivated you to sort of write the book? You know, tell us a little bit about the book. The book came, uh, when I, when I was going through the minor leagues, I, I had the opportunity to work with uh, one of the best mental coaches. And again, all this stuff was like new and, uh, Ken Revisa, who passed away a few years ago, approached me when I was with the Angels to see if I wanted to talk a little bit about the mind. And, and I blew him off. You know, I was like, no, like, I don't need this. Mm. Uh, I'm a superhuman. I don't need help from anybody. I play well and I'm okay. But deep inside, there was a lot of scars. There was a lot of issues. There was a lot of problems. And, and I, I started reading books about the mental side. And nobody knew this because obviously my ego wouldn't allow me, you know, like Freddie Sandoval doesn't have any problems. Like I'm okay. But like deep inside, I, I was like starving for help. And mm -hmm. I started with the book. So that's why I decided to, to write a book because I know there are people out there that maybe feel the same way I do. You know, that right now there's, there's such a, an a stereotypical, like, you know, uh, culture that, you know, we, we want everyone to be okay, but I know there's a lot of people struggling and, and they don't want to seek help. And I know a book can help. And that's, that's the main reason why I decided to write the book. Well, and the book's not just a, for sports players and athletes. It's also for regular everyday people, correct? Absolutely. Uh, the book is not for athletes. You know, I always make sure I say that I was an athlete myself. So people think it's just for, but no, it's for everyone. Um, I know, all people have their issues, problems, tension, stress, struggles. It's not a motivational book. It's not the, you know, I'm going to read the book and I'm going to feel great. It's the, hopefully it knocks you out type of, mm. type of book that when you read it, you're like, oh my gosh, I am really going about it the wrong way. And it's all about a, a learning process. You know, I, I mean, I've been doing this for 11 years and I still struggle with it, but I work at it every single day and I have my bad days, my good days, et cetera, but there's always a way out, you know, and uh, again, that, that's the reason why I wrote the book and, and, you know, I'm happy with the way it came out. Fantastic. Fantastic. So obviously with the MLB lockout, how do you see the league being affected? How do you see the players being affected? Cause it's not the first lockout that's happened. Obviously it's, it's the first lockout in a few years. So, so, you know, for you, how do you, where, how do you see the league affect at the, well, how do you see the lockout affecting the league and, and its players? Well, I think, uh, I mean, most people who follow the sport, you know, they, they're like, okay, well, the players are going through a lot. But bottom line is there's probably hundreds of thousands of people being affected by this. You know, all the workers, uh, minor leagues, players, uh, coaches, trainers. I mean, you name it, you know, fans, everyone's being affected by it. Um, you know, is it going to affect them? Uh, yes, it does affect you. You know, one of the, the hardest things there is, is 
dealing with the future, the uncertainty of things, that, that what's going to happen down the road. And bottom line is, is nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, uh, is it going to get extended or not? Uh, who knows? Uh, I hope it comes to an end very soon, but we don't know what's going to happen. So, yes, I do believe it's going to affect not only players or coaches or staff. It's going to help uh, affect everyone because of the uncertainty of it. One of the hardest thing there is to do in the world is to stay in the present and when you have uh you know issues or problems or situations like this it's very hard not to look ahead and and expect the worst you know and i think that's just human nature so staying in the present it's, it's a very difficult thing to do yeah and i feel like everyone's been through so much with sports ending because of the pandemic um you know do we really need this on top of it you know Yes, I mean, the pandemic alone was just a huge problem, and it's still a big problem, you know. Uh, so now you you add more fuel into the fire. I mean, players, yes, they're going to be stressed. Uh, I work with a few of them, and, and I know the conversations have been, you know, about staying the present. You know, it, it all, it's all going to come to an end. I really do believe either from a godly perspective or from a universe perspective, I do believe that things do happen for a reason. And instead of us asking ourselves, like, why are things happening? It's, it's more of a, how are we going to get out of this? You know, what can we do to be in the best possible place? So um, I hope it does come to an end very soon. I think we all do. Um, all right, Freddie, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, again, former MLB Angels. Uh, third base, also now the author of Mentally Strong, Seven Steps to Becoming the Best Version of Yourself. Freddie, where can we find this book or where can our audience find book the book? is available everywhere. My website is www.thechoicetobelieve.com. Uh, you can find it in Spanish and English, also in all the platforms online, Amazon, uh, iTunes, Kindle, you name it. Every single platform has it. And again, it's just a a great book that will knock you out in terms of, of knowing that you can do better and you can do uh, you can be uh, the best version of yourself. It's all just within reach. And this is going to take a little bit of work. <laughs> Excellent. Good to hear. <laughs> well, Fred, where, where, where can our listeners follow you as well? So do you have Twitter or Instagram that they can just follow yeah, you? And Instagram and Facebook. That's kind of what I use the most. And both of them are Freddie Sandoval, TCTB, meaning Freddie Sandoval, the choice to believe. Uh, really easy. I'm constantly Excellent. posting positivity, positive quotes, things like that. Uh, you know, it's just who I am. You know, I like to be a positive person and hopefully that can influence someone's day and change it for the better. Awesome. Perfect. Great to hear that. All right. Well, Freddie, thanks for, thanks for joining us and we'll hope to get you on again. Love, yes. love hearing you. Love talking to you about all MLB stuff, really. Absolutely, Dan, Deb, thank you so much for the invitation and uh, just let me know and I'm always available for you guys. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thanks so much, Freddie. Have a great night. Thank you. You guys do as well. Bye-bye. So let's move on, actually, guys. So obviously, you know, we've had spoke to Freddie. Thanks, Freddie, for joining us. And we're actually going to talk about sort of COVID. Obviously, look, I don't like to be a Debbie Downer, yeah. but it is what it is. Life is life. COVID is hitting it. We've got the situation of just so many cases at the moment right now. Debs, I'm just going to think, how do you think the league is going to handle this at the moment right now? Oh, it's tough. I mean, just yesterday, 36 players and one staff member were put on the COVID list. Um, were put on the COVID list. I mean, today, the Browns played eight players on the COVID list as well. It's taken over. 
it's just not good. Um, I mean, Washington football team even lost four of their players, I think, yesterday. Um, and that's mm. ahead of their, you know, NFC matchup with the Eagles this Sunday. So uh, that's nine total for that team since last week. It, there's just a lot. I mean, this isn't good. <laughs> Look, I, I think I think it's a situation where you're now talking about a lot of players needing to get vaccinated. I know people don't believe in it and whatnot. And I get that. I completely get that. I'm not really here to like, push on anything but just if you're playing the sport you want to get to a situation where you know you want to be able to play but that being said being a bit controversial even if you do get a vaccine even if you are vaccinated you're still missing game time so I don't really know what the difference is at the moment right now with regards to it so the league needs to do something with regards to with regards to that and maybe implementing maybe a bit more social distance spacing for the for the guys Right. Well, I know the the Washington football team in particular were actually going to put more more rules in place and go back to some of their older protocols that they used to use. Um, I know that for a fact. And also, to I believe all tier one and two and all tier one and tier two staff members of of the league have to get a booster by December twenty seventh. It's a rule that the NFL just put in place as well. Uh, I believe that was yesterday. So yeah, I mean, God, it just. Ooh, <laughs> like we don't we don't want game stopping, and I believe also too the NFL implemented some heavy fines if if uh, if teams have to have to forfeit, uh, which I don't well, think it's going to come down to that. But I don't think I don't think so. I think there's a spike in cases. There's been a spike in cases in the UK as well yeah. with our sort of normal football leagues as well. But I don't think it's going to come down to that. Well, I hope it doesn't come down to that because I don't really want I don't really want to be forfeiting games at EFC, um, but. I mean, if they do, then, you know, I, I can't see it happening. I think the league, with they expanded the roster as well, so there's more players anyways yeah. to, to cover things. And so I don't think, yeah, so I don't think there's going to be a situation where that happens. But, yeah, it's just one well, of those I mean, situations where it's, it's just season, unfortunate. Last season, was it the Broncos that didn't have a quarterback? <laughs> the, a wide receiver yeah. that played quarterback in, <laughs> in college stepped up as quarterback for the game. And I was like, what is going on? No, nah, and then they moved the Ravens as well. The Ravens, sorry. And the Steelers game, that moved to supposed to be, I think it was Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday. So it was actually great to see that we had a game every day of the week in terms of on a calendar scale. But yeah, I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think it's going to be one of those situations where given what it is right now, the protocol, the advancements that we do have, some of the knowledge we do have. I mean, I personally think we just need to start treating it like the flu, just a mild, you know, a milder version of the flu, unfortunately. I think every, I mean, in my head, everybody just needs to get vaccinated. Um, and I mean, 70% of the US is apparently, um, but now, you know, the boost, exactly. Yeah, no. That <laughs> I, I find that very soft. I, I, find, I mean, it's like 20% of your, of your population has passports. I very much doubt 70% are vaccinated. That, very much doubt that. That's what the New York Times said. I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> maybe maybe 70% in New York, but 70% right. in the US? Nah, you cannot convince um, me on that. But no, and our cases are rising here too. I mean, we have an average of 120,000 new cases each day. So, um, but it's, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but it's not just NFL that it's affecting, obviously. Um, I, NBA also had to postpone two games. Chicago Bulls. Yeah, right? so Chicago Bulls had to mm -hmm. be, be postponed for that reason as well. So you're starting to see it across the board. And I think with and, and with, with basketball, it's a little bit, it's, it's harder to balance that. You know, if you've got one or two cases, the smaller teams, yeah. Whereas NFL, you've got what? You've got a bigger roster. 30, so, you know, yeah, you get, yeah. So, 17 practice. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a bigger it's a bigger squad. So yeah, with basketball, hopefully it doesn't continue because obviously Chicago Bulls were having a great season at the moment right now. Some you know playing really really well. So we'll, we'll see.
Well, we are going to keep it. We're going to keep it a little bit light. We're going to keep it a little fluffy. So our first show. <laughs> we'll go back to some more fun stuff. And we'll stuff, some more stuff. And we are going to go to more fun stuff because I want to know, Debs. I want to unlock your secrets, okay? In terms of who do you think's been the most impressive team in both the AFC and NFC this Ooh. season so far? <laughs> God, I mean, I mean, the Packers are number one right now. That don't mean they're impressive. I mean, you could be number one without being impressive. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I just... Just playing Devil's Advocate right there. Just putting it out there. You know, you could be great, <laughs> but, you know. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm super impressed with Arizona. Um, okay. I think everyone's I think everyone's doing a great job there. Um, I mean, what, God, what is their... They're 10 and something, right? They're 10 and 3 mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're starting, start, starting to be a little bit just disappointing. You know, they lost to the Rams on Monday. Monday? Yeah. Um, yeah, they lost yes, yeah, yesterday. They lost to the Rams. Yeah, like that was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how yeah. busy I am. But yeah, no, I mean, I've been super impressed. I, I, I picked Arizona for Super Bowl from the get. You know, okay, I did. Mm-hmm. I also had the Rams up there. Uh, I think they were playing really well. Uh, now they're they're starting to come back again. Obviously, impressed with the Bucks. I mean, they're number two right now. Um, I'm I'm super impressed with the Cowboys. Their defense is, I mean, Micah Parsons, rock. Defensive player of the year, potentially, <laughs> yeah. potentially, potentially. Yeah, I mean, he 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 got a sack, a sack fumble. Um, Gregory did had a strip sack. Um, I, I I was super impressed with their their defense playing on Sunday. Um, you know, they always have a great offense, but you know, their defense is finally stepping up. And I also Patriots have been impressive. I really like Mac Jones. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Just some breaking news in the moment right now. Odell Beckham, you've heard his first, has tested positive for COVID. No! Not LBJ! No. Do you know how pissed I am? Because he oh helped God. me win my first my fantasy like matchup. And I've got him again. I'm supposed to have him again. And um, yeah. He's been tested positive. Um, Ian Rappaport's reported it as of today that he's been tested positive. Um, obviously, Jalen Ramsey missed the game before. He might, he might be in. He might be in line because it, because it's Tuesday. He might be in line to play on Sunday, but I don't know. Um, don't they have know, a ten day? Isn't it a ten day quarantine? I don't know what I think it, it, it potentially is, but that's that's. If you're vaccinated, it might be a bit different, but the Rams have shut down their facilities on that respect. So, so yeah. So, wow. but yeah, I'm, mate, I, do you, the, he was saving me in fantasy. He literally got 19 points, saved me. I was like, oh. I mean, oh, well. a playoff push too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got Cooper Cup, I guess, and Van, Van Jefferson. So we'll go from there. But for me, this was a hard one, actually, for the AFC. Because in terms of teams, no, I'm like all me. over the place. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> you can. I just I don't know. You know what it is? Is I'll say the Dolphins have impressed me in terms of how they've turned their season around. I agree. In how they've turned their season around, they haven't impressed me overall. But they've gotten. I think they've won now five straight. Um, mm-hmm. so it makes it six and seven, pushing for the playoff. Put yeah, pushing for the playoff places. Places I like it. The Chargers have been well as well. They've done well. Again, they do charger-like antics and just lose. So at certain times in the game, and they lose their heads. So I think for me, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll say the Dolphins have been impressive with how they've turned their season around. And if they can get to the playoffs, I think for me, that where they've started, they've had an impressive season. The Chiefs obviously have turned things around in terms of winning, what, now six straight. So 
that's going to be interesting. But I think for me, the most impressive is probably the Patriots without trying to sound like a homer pick. But what Bill Belichick's been able to do, turn these, te- these team around in one year, spend the most in free agent, you know, over 100 million in free agency, get Mac Jones now, not, not asking him to do much. The game against the Bills where he's only passed three, <laughs> made three passing attempts. Right, exactly. Um, it's just perfect <laughs> example. Exactly, it's a perfect example. Yeah. But it's also, one thing is, Bill does, he hits your weaknesses. If he knows that this is your weakness, he will hit it. And for me, one thing that's never really, I've never really understood with other teams is if it's if you're running the ball and it's running successfully, why go and start passing? And Bill was just like, look, if you can stop the run, I'll pass. But right now you can't stop the run. So why am I going to pass? And I think people need to just be a bit more ruthless where it's like, I've exposed your weakness and I'm going to just kill your weakness. So for me, the Patriots have been the most impressive in the AFC. For the NFC, now this is a little bit tricky because I can't give any, I can't give Cowboys any love. I just don't really <laughs> want to. Um, and Dak's been playing poor in the last couple of games, but their defense is stellar. Diggs is... He's like averaging an interception a game, you know, so you got to give it to them. But I think I'm a Seattle fan, so this pains me to say this, but you have to put to the Cardinals in terms of the most impressive. Um, You know, they've got... I mean, yeah, they're tied for the best record in NFC with along with the Patriots and the Bucs, but the Bucs, you expected that with Tom Brady. The Patriots, I mean, the Packers, you expected that because of what they were last season. They've been 13-3 and in the last two seasons back-to-back. But you didn't expect that from the Cardinals, and I didn't expect that. I thought Kiff Kingsbury was a bit of a joke as a, as a hire. I didn't understand the hire, and now he's coming through. They're playing really well. My only issue is Kyler Murray can never stay fit. Will that affect right. them in the playoffs? Well, and that was when, when Kyler Murray was out and J.J. Watts was out. I was like, oh, no, there goes Arizona. Because, um, again, like I said, I, I had picked them for Super Bowl, um, and they still are killing it. I mean, Kyler's back, obviously, but, um, I yeah, I mean – but one thing that people don't, I don't think people realize is they have the best away record at NFC. They're seven and zero mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's tough so to do. That is very tough to do. The only team that's sort of close to that is the Patriots, where they're six and zero as well. But given the way the situation is right now, the Patriots are probably going to finish first seed. Caroline, uh, the Cardinals are probably going to finish first seed as well. Oh no, no, actually no, the Packers are first, so probably not. But you know, it's just going to be interesting to see that because if if Arizona are on the road. That is a potential way. I think they're going to win with that record being seven and zero in the season. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tough. It's going to, they're going to be a tough team to beat. But yeah, those are sort of my teams in terms of the teams that sadly, yeah, yeah. Mm, I say stand out. Sadly, quietly under the surface have impressed me. Got it. <laughs> under the surface, under the surface. Got it. So yeah, so I want, I want. We'll go from there. But look. You know, we want to wrap up the show, but before we do that, before we go into sort of the end of the show, what we, me and Debs are going to be doing is giving you sort of our highlighted stories of the week, particularly obviously, you know, not going to stuff, just a, sort of a little minute or so, just talking about sort of stories that we're really passionate about, stories that we want to talk about that we might not be able to cover in the main bulk of the show. So Debs, I'm going to let you take over. We call it the double D takedown. So I'll let you take over and, uh, and shoot over with your story. I'm like, let's go. Um, so I'm going to talk about the Walter Payton Man of the Year. I'm a little obsessed. I have to be honest. Um, so the Walton Payton, uh, the Man of the Year Award recognizes an NFL player for his excellence on and off the field. And to me, that's super special. Um, I love, I a, love football, but also love the players who, you know, do charity work and kind of, and, and give back. I mean, I think I love the guys who use, you know, the, the NFL as a platform um, to do good and to help others. And I feel like the, you know, the Walter Payton award is it's, it's a human award. Um, 
so yeah, the, the NFL announced a couple of days ago, the 32 nominees, all great guys. Uh, my personal favorite, and everyone thinks I'm going to go Jason Kelsey here. I'm not, <laughs> although I love Jason. Um, my choice is that DJ Moore from the Carolina Panthers. Um, he's actually from Philadelphia though. Um, and he's done some work this year in Philadelphia. He was able, able to give back in Philadelphia as well as Charlotte. In May, 2021, uh, 255 students at an academy, they, he provided food, security, and new backpacks there. Then in early July, he headed to Philly for a free youth football camp. Um, and then also did one, did a football camp as well in, in Charlotte. Um, and he's ending out the new this year by doing a holiday shopping spree for single moms. Um, so I'm excited to see if DJ wins and the winner will be announced at NFL honors before the Super Bowl in February. So we'll right, <laughs> hey, definitely sweet DJ more show support across the pod network. Show the support for DJ. He's our pick. He should be your pick too as well. Just 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 let's tweet it out. Let's let's get some support going. <laughs> for me, my story is probably going to be obviously, obviously, we've talked a lot about NFL um and football. I'll keep it relatively diverse in the show so we'll talk about some nba um steph steph curry what he's doing at the moment right now he's on pace to beat ray allen's three-point uh record uh and so for me it does beg the question is steph curry the greatest shooter of all time you know i think people talk about he's in him in the clutch moments but what jordan did to basketball and revolutionized basketball I think Steph Curry you got to understand that he's now revolutionized the the three point game. You know, it's now become a very analytic based game. A lot of people are, are, are attempting shots that they wouldn't have attempted. Logo threes is now becoming a thing, and you got to give credit to Steph. Now you could argue whether or not he had the strength and to like run into the paint and, and you know go up to the paint and, and actually play like a big man, which he probably isn't. He hasn't got that physique, so he had to he had to do it out of necessity to perfect his game to stay in the league. But either way. He could perfect his game, but he's the master of his craft in the three-point game. So, you know, he's he's doing really well. He's on, on pace to beat the record. For me, I think he's the greatest shooter and that, that basketball has ever seen. And I think he needs to go up there in terms of, not in terms of greatness of player like Jordan was, but in terms of what they did in terms of changing the game. Because now the three-point game is so much more valued and that's down to Steph. So for me, kudos to Steph Curry for all, for all te- intents and purposes. Um, and for what he's been able to do in his career and, and being able to adapt as well as he has done. And yeah, for me, I would say Steph's the greatest shooter of all time. Nice. Love yeah. it. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Guys, look, we're going to round up our show, but we've still got so much more to, to offer you and so much to talk about in the coming weeks. We've got so many more fun segments that we weren't able to do now, obviously, because we're trying to you know, put everything in one hour and it's hard to talk about sports in one right. hour. We but... can talk about sports all day long, I feel yeah, like. I, but we you know, only you... have an hour. <laughs> We only have an hour, but if you want to pay us to what to do it for more, I'm happy to do that. Right. But all jokes aside, definitely remember to like and subscribe, follow us, keep following us across across the pond sports network show. Um, you know, follow myself and Debs as well as we are going to traverse the world of sports and, and keep going on. So yeah, your, all your love and support will be great. So keep following and watching the show and tweet at us as well. Any comments you have, anything you disagree, come at us as well. Guys, we'll see you next week. See you next week. You've been listening to Across the Pond Sports Podcast, part of Across the Pond Sports Network. Keep checking back for more episodes. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.